3: go 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 do 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 do
4: do
3: Good afternoon everybody. It's another edition of the Real Life Podcast coming to you live from Little Brick, which is a comfortable four hundred and ten degrees Celsius at the present time. The wind is from the east. Your old pal Bag Milk is here. The Squire J. Downton. Chris Chalmers is here. I'm here, Wanye. Nation Dan's over in the corner, not wearing a Vegas hat. He's taking the week
0: off and just chilling out. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we still need to shoot that video. Oh, yeah, it's not over with. I've been away for a while, so i got to get
3: caught up on everything. Well, this was a hard one, boys, because as we were brainstorming trying to put this show together, the world of sports let us down this week. Yes. There is a very, very small trickle of things worth actually talking about, and we rarely talk about things worth talking about to begin with.
2: We are in the dead zone.
3: The dead zone. The doldrums. Yes, yeah. the dog days of summer, the I believe. The dog days of summer. I'm a cat man myself. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> so instead of talking about potential trades or other whack things, we're going to talk about some stuff that's hockey related this week. And our good friends at Rig Hand Distillery will be happy to hear both that we're going to talk hockey and that they got a shout out to start the podcast. Rig Hand Distillery is our title sponsor. Am I right, Jeff?
0: Yes, you are quite correct. While
3: you were on vacation, did you imbibe yourself in any nation vodka?
0: Well, I was in Ireland, Uh so geographically I was limited to uh, my uh, accessibility to such a fine... I don't travel without
3: four two-fours of nation (laughs) vodka at all times on my person. Four
0: two-fours. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of vodka. 88. 88. 96. 96. Well, (laughs) agree to disagree, but that's fine. Yeah. I Yeah. I did indulge, though. I was in Ireland for a week. Uh, golfing and crushed a lot of Guinness. The best uh, Guinness is in Ireland. It's it's there's dude. Uh, if you go to Ireland, you have to drink the Guinness because it's the best Guinness you ever have. Just like when you're in Europe, you have to have Heineken because it's the best Heineken you can ever have.
2: I was talking about this the other day. I've only ever had one pint of Guinness in my life, and I was like 20, and I hated it. Uh, I need I've to never... get. I understand. I got to get back on the horse. I want you. It's like one of those social drinks. I think I would like. I haven't drank it. See, what time. I like to
3: do is drink Nation Vodka in Edmonton because it is the best it will ever taste. I,
0: I, I'm told Nation Vodka in Edmonton is the best vodka you can have.
3: Get it at liquor stores. Get it at the bus
0: stop. Go to Sherbrooke. In. They carry it. They got a beer. Head out to the they distillery. Got our backs. We got your backs too. That's right.
2: Head out to the distillery. Head out to the distillery. To see the fine folks at Rig Hand.
3: Walk up to the 10 hectoliters of vodka that they're brewing at any given time and say, strap it
2: to my veins. Stick your face in the jug or yeah. whatever.
1: The <laughs> drum.
0: Stick your face in the jug. Yeah.
1: Is the food in Ireland as bad as they say it is?
0: Uh, so the thing in Ireland is, I don't know what it is. I think they've got like really happy cows there or something because it's such a rich and verdant uh, island. Good use that, of verdant. Th- thank you. Yeah. Uh, the butter. Uh, exactly. The butter there is fucking unreal. Like,
1: pure Irish butter, eh?
0: Pure Irish. Like every morning. That's all my breakfast. I just based butter on my bread and it was so good. Bring Irish butter into the lexicon then.
3: If something's good, it's Irish oh, butter. That's Irish oh, butter. Oh, it's Irish butter hey? All right,
0: that, that's being written down. See, you got to put it. that on your bucket list. Shit. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> old Irish butter.
3: Bring out Irish butter. That is a good sta- saying. That's got legs. Yeah, I think it does. Ooh, you put an arrow underneath it in your I'm yeah, Pointing Stars, to me, asterisk. saying, Jay, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> you're Irish butter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That's, my, uh, that's my stage name. How's the golf? Golf's good. I played like five different courses. I played one specifically in a little town. uh, It's Irish Butter. It is, called Waterville, where my game was not Irish Butter, but the course was. And this is probably the toughest course uh, I've ever, oh, definitely it is, I've ever played in my life. It's like Link style. So this course is super famous because it's got a huge statue of Payne Stewart outside of it because him and Tiger Woods and Mark O'Meara and a bunch of pros would always come to this little town. Um, and play this golf course to get ready for the British Open, or now also known as the Open. So there's all these photos of these guys all over town because they would come and like. For years they did this. For years. And they, they would party with. And it, it, there's like. Right now, you, you talk to the locals in Waterville, uh, Ireland, and they'll have stories of like Payne Stewart singing with people and doing all that crazy stuff. Oh, they so could probably just let loose there, hey? Oh, that, well, that's it. It's it, literally the population of the town's probably 300. And it's all based around the tourism that this golf course has, and the, this golf course would host tournaments if it had the infrastructure, but it doesn't. But like, literally, one of the coolest places. What'd you shoot? I shot my best round was eighty six. Impressive. Um, and I, and the only reason it's because I had I played very well, but the holes, if you're out, you're fucked. So I had uh, two triples and like three doubles. So I had like thirteen really solid holes and five disaster ones because like. If you you know it's dry it rolls in the, into that that hay shit you're like you're screwed. So one of the most challenging uh, golf course ever played, especially in the elements, right? With the well, wind, yeah, growing coming up coming off the ocean,
1: like growing up. I golfed with you more than I think anybody, yeah. and you have the least equipped golf game yeah. for yeah. that environment. Yeah. Yeah. The open, so yeah. high.
0: I, I like the aerial attack.
1: Remember when you used to have like a seven-degree lofted driver just to try to keep it down? Yeah,
0: I still run a low one, but now it's so like there. Now I'm about like 150 yards out. I'm hitting like these little punch four irons. Literally, like like you, you get a caddy in this thing there. You get a caddy. You feel like you're, so you think cool. you feel like you are Tiger Woods and uh,
3: pre or post drama, all, all the dramas. <laughs> and uh,
0: he, he he would always mark everything as like, okay, it's 165 on the ground. That's how it always like it's 140 yards on the ground. I'm like, okay. He's like, but I want I need you to hit it 220 because he knows I hit it high oh. and all that. <laughs> so it's always funny how they break shit down like that. But yeah, super good place if anyone's a golfer out there. Uh make your way over and play. But that was probably the most challenging thing ever. I met some like crazy like like so like a lot of balling people come to play that course. They fly in, in helicopters. For real? Oh yeah, it's insane because it's it's so well respected. They won't stay there, they'll stay like in Dublin. And then just like fly all over the country and play these good, sick good, who is That's That That's so cool. Sean Horkoff? Yeah, Bezos Who
3: has is that there? kind of money?
0: Uh, uh, Golfing. <laughs> met, I, met uh, I met the CEO of Samsung North America. Oh, Whoa. shit. I actually went for a dip in the Irish Sea with him. What? Yeah. Are you in the Illuminati? they do. Everyone's your friend. If you're there, they're just your buddy. You don't care who you are. You drink Guinness and then go out in the ocean for a swim. It's pretty uh, cool. Did he
2: try yeah. to convert you to an Android phone? Yeah.
0: yeah really. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's hard selling one person. Was he a time. Korean guy? Nope. Nope. Uh, uh, what's the proper term? American guy? I don't oh, know. Caucasian guy? I think we're I, backing I ourselves know. into a corner here. Sport. Yeah. Yeah, nice guy.
2: Cool. What else happened in Ireland? A little golf? A little drinking? A lot
0: of golf. Oh, I went to the. Oh, okay. A lot of drip of
3: Nation vodka brought to you by Rigandis. Mm-hmm. I went to the
0: Guinness Brewery. Oh, you did go to that? Yeah. So yeah. You, you go to. Like, I've, I've been to the Heineken Brewery. I've been to the, the Carlsberg Brewery. I've been to the Labatt Brewery in Edmonton. And. Um, <laughs> You know, they're cool and great. And, you know, it always ends with a beer. And that's fantastic. But goddamn, like the programming uh, at uh, the the St. James Gate, like Guinness Brewery in Dublin is unbelievable. You keep going up level and level, learning about the the history of Guinness. And then you go into like this one room, you get this paddle with like three tasters of different Guinness products because they, they serve more than just Guinness beer, They have, like 13 beers. That's something I learned. And uh, all of a sudden... You know, you get this thing. You're sitting drinking, and all of a sudden, these people on stage yelling, screaming, giving you more free beer, and then all of a sudden, they break into like that Irish like Lord of the River dance. You're like, holy shit! Like, I'm somewhere special. So, like, get you amped up. And in between that, they got a DJ going. So, like, this is like this is, like this is what I wish the in-game experience. Yeah, no shit. This is how you tie You it back want River Dance? You want River Dance <laughs> at the game? Okay. Yeah, everyone, yeah, just all the players in their skates just breaking to River Dance during uh, commercial breaks.
2: You know what? I watch that. Yeah, Who wouldn't watch that?
0: And then, and then you go up another level. Oh, sorry. On that same level, you go and you learn how to pour a Guinness, which involves you drinking another Guinness. Then you go up another level and you go to the Arthur's Pub, which is uh, a live music pub. And there's this amazing Irish band just giving her. And you you don't get free beer at this one, which is smart, but you feel compelled to drink beer because you're under the the dust, if you will, Mm -hmm. the spell of these, these musicians. Uh, and then they stay and you tell them from Canada and you, they'll play a song from there. And then I challenged them to play Bieber and they didn't know any Bieber.
2: Uh, what'd they play? What was our, uh, cultural landing in oh, Ireland? Fuck.
0: What did they call Brian Adams? Maybe. Yeah. 769? Yeah. No, that's no, actually what it is. They went with Brian Adams. Um, well, and, and they were younger. I thought i going to pull up something. I was trying to challenge them. Drake. No drizz. No drizz. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some drizzle. And then from there you go up. Where you get another beer if you keep your ticket and you're at like the gravity lounge where you're, it's the tallest that's, building in yeah, Dublin. That's when you circular 360 yeah. view and uh, it's a beautiful view. And now you've had about seven cocktails. So you're just like got a small grin from uh, ear to ear. And you're just like, oh, my God, this place is so magical. And then you got to walk down eight flights of stairs and back into humanity.
3: The thing that blew me away when I went to that was that the, didn't they get a thousand year lease? It's a nine thousand year lease. Yeah, nine thousand so they they were they weren't big yet. This is like seventeen hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they somehow swung a deal with the government. They're like, listen, people are always gonna want Guinness. And then they got like the amount of land they had like tripled.
0: Yeah. And then they got a nine
3: and they have it like an Yeah, it's got encased in the yeah. ground,
5: you see it
0: nine thousand like the force like I wonder what like the escalator on that is. Like are they still paying seventeen fifty eight yeah, rates? They have to pay in chickens? Yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing. a farthing. And then you hear the history of the Guinness factory in terms of like the Guinness family and what they've done for the country and for Dublin and stuff like they built this beautiful park and the city and less heavily vested back in the country. So it's super cool to see like kind of what Guinness did uh, outside of just make, you know, a delicious beer, especially when you're in Ireland.
3: And it's still, what I think is cool too, is it's still an operating facility. Yeah. These buildings are like 1850 cobblestoney. And there's like all the old little paths between oh. the buildings. They're still making Guinness in these old vats.
0: Yeah. No, it's super cool. You're a tall guy. you
2: bang your head on anything? I imagine if the building is that old that the doorways are quite low.
0: No. So what they did, good question. I've banged my head a lot in Europe and in Asia. Um, <laughs> and that's why I don't remember where my car keys <laughs> yeah. are. But uh, they, so you could tell what they did is they took out floors. Mm. So like they double, so like they, they lift the ceiling. Right? Head, so right? every, yeah. So yeah. every floor, which would have been two floors in old school, original Guinness times, was now one. So it's huge ceilings.
1: Was everybody just shorter? Why'd they build it like that, you think? Shorter. Nutrition was
0: poor. Yeah.
1: Right. But even in houses that, in Edmonton, the basements are only like seven foot three. Yeah. And then so you have to build a bulkhead down for like the heating ducts. And if you do it a foot, it becomes like six three. And... In old like houses. In old yeah. houses. Like ones that were built in 1960. Shorter people walking. I still walk never in, figured that Go out. to the
2: basement here. You'll knock your melon. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah like, what's attention. the deal with
1: that? They just... People were shorter.
2: Even yeah. the stairs, they're narrow. They had tiny feet. Tiny yeah, little Different feet. time. Wow.
3: We've evolved. Do you buy into this theory that Canadians as a culture are tall?
0: Well, that's, that's a stereotype of us. Yeah. Because like you'll walk in and they're like, where are you from, Canada? Why the hell are you all you Canadians so tall? That, like, I heard <laughs> this in the subway. So I was out of town too, right? I went
3: to, to San Jose and yeah. I was down in San Francisco
0: and I, I was walking through the baseball
3: game and someone said to me, are you Canadian? Yeah. And I was like, huh? Now, I was wearing an Edmonton Oilers track jacket for the full disclosure. However, I said, why do you know that? Canadians are so tall.
1: Why is our basketball team so fucking bad then? Well, not Andrew Wiggins. It's where we're
0: focused on the hockey, not the True. basketball. It's weird. Yeah, I they think they're all the, like, that we're all Bigfoot. It doesn't help that I travel around. I'm like this hairy guy. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, you do look like a Yeti, so this does make <laughs> sense. Like, I so fit the stereotype. I, yeah. I should probably just jump in a vat of nair and kind of help beat the stigma. What, a
3: guy with a beard who can pound booze who's demanding <laughs> Bieber
2: from the Irish band <laughs> is a stereotypical Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed I, they couldn't
0: pull up Bieber. I know. They could. Well, and, then, and then he, he, held and then he challenged hand. me, and he's like, well, name some songs. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How long it? do you have? And I, I know I listened, like, banged out like 10. He's like, oh, because he thought I was trying to be cool <laughs> and funny. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking serious. You are trying to be cool and
3: funny, but not by lying about Bieber's extensive discography
0: oh, oh i always yeah i'll never i'll never expose myself to be able to to, to get busted within a bad within a joke mm. i was well prepared and ready for that question and nailed it
2: on your way back this side of the pond did you happen to hear beaver's new song with and another one dj Khaled? another
0: one and it, it, isn't it with uh, Quavo. it's pretty and, good yeah quavo yeah. and chance the rapper i did kind of like it chance i'm
2: super into it too it was catchy it's a smasher that's a good group of people oh yeah DJ Khaled's got
3: these things so front-end loaded with talent now that...
1: What's with Bieber's look, though, right now? He's
3: going,
2: like, homeless on the beach kind yeah. of look. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. He's living it. his best
2: life. Yeah, right, exactly. You know? he's, he's...
1: he's doing what he
0: wants. He's he's a taken man now. He's letting it go. He's Irish butter. He's... <laughs> well done. There it is. There it is.
3: I tell you, that's a good line. Oh, I know yeah. stupid things when I hear them that have legs, and Irish butter is...
0: Oh, you, oh yeah. You got you, you to gotta try the stuff. Like, it's... It's it's the gold standard. Can so. you get
3: Irish butter in North America? Can you have it shipped over and, I'm making
1: it in my pants in this room right now. It's so hot. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember, Remember when they froze Han Solo in that
3: butter? one Star Wars?
1: Remember no. that? <laughs> what? I've I've oh, barely
2: seen no. Star Wars. Whoa. Like I've seen most of them. Okay.
1: This is oh, right. not, good. not good. Like how okay. come? Like you're just not interested? Let's just
3: stop. We're going to break. This oh, is man. no. No, we'll be right back after this. Sorry, Real life everyone. podcast. <laughs> Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call JAPA Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at JAPA Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, JAPA Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. JAPA Machinery Group. Join the family. Back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our good friends at Japa Equipment. Shout out to Marin at Japa Equipment, who got married recently. Oh, This is when you know your sponsors, when you know they're getting married, not because she's your sister-in-law.
0: Yeah, she got <laughs> married on Friday. Marin to and Spicy. A good man, to, to, to a good man named Bryce, a.k.a. Spicy. Spicy Bryce. And me
3: and my brother-in-law used to think, like, oh, the new guy. He's kind of whack when we first met him. But then, like, three weeks ago, we heard a bunch of fight stories of Bryce when he was a kid. We we're like, oh, he's the nicest guy in the world. We're like, and I'm like, Bryce, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of scared to talk to you now that I know you're tough as fuck. Like, what the hell? Well, he's a
0: farm boy. Yeah. And they farm barley, and they sell all the barley to, like, beer companies. Very beer-focused podcast. Well, I was going to say, this is a quite. And And uh, he was at our candidate party, and he brought the beers, like, of the brands that they sell their barley to, which is kind of cool. Super cool. So then I drank him. All you have to do is really give me a good backstory, <laughs> and I'll drink the Kool-Aid, and I, I will... Or the I beer. Will, yeah, or the beer, and I will find the enjoyment I'm supposed to find from it.
2: I like that you guys, your your crew. Everybody seems to have a nickname. I like that.
0: A lot <laughs> well, of nicknames. Some of them. There's it. a lot it's, of nicknames. It's funny. You got to like if you bring someone from the outside into to a hang because everyone's got like multiple nicknames, right? <laughs> like everyone's got like three or four, and people will rotate what they call that one person throughout the night. So you have to like you, sh- you should probably give them like a sheet before yeah. they come hang with us because like every time parts. they're like, "Hey, okay, no, wait, wait a minute, which one's this? Which one's that?" Like like Chalmers, this smig. Dick, Charlesy's, Dixon, Dixon,
1: Tricky Dick. If you're in a tricky mood, (laughs) Tricky Dick. If you're yeah, Psycho, psycho Psycho, is original. uh, That's an original one. But the best about it is when you start to explain somebody's nickname and you realize that like it started as a nickname, but then it transformed into something else, and then the nickname gets a nickname. The nickname gets a nickname, and sometimes there's like four. Paths yeah. to it's get like to levels it. of
3: inception. <laughs> yeah, if you want to know why he got nickname A, you have to go through B, C, and
0: D. Oh, yeah. Well, one of my nicknames is Ray Ray, and there's ugh, it's happened because we're drunk in Vegas and whatever. Uh, and whatever it's not even really that good how it came to be, but it, it stuck, so that's fine. So you live with it. So it went from Ray Ray to Raymond to Ramon to Razor. Razor Ramon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it just, but but everyone, it's not like the other ones die, they, they just all get used. Especially when, with their boy, Foogie. He'll call you all of them in five seconds. Like, oh, all of them. Yeah. And yeah. there's
1: like a lot of people at parties would be like, literally for two years, they thought somebody's name was actually their nickname yeah. because just everybody always called it. Yeah. And it was like, like Lavin. Yeah, Jerry. People actually thought Lavin's first name was Lavin. And when they're like, who's Sean? And we're like, yeah. Lavin. <laughs> like, what the, I've known this guy for four years. Yeah. I never knew his name was Sean. Yeah, shout out to Sean
0: Lavin. So yeah, yeah. it is your, your good observation bag. Anytime a newbie comes in, and just listens to us talk, they get lost in the sauce. I can
3: remember eras of time based on what your nickname was in those days. Like Ray Ray was the guy who wore mankinis when we went on the road, and you'd go to the pool in Vegas and be like, what's going on? Uh, (laughs) Somebody give me an (laughs) earring so I can put it in my old ear
2: piercing. Corona booty shorts. Wheel 30
3: chicks simultaneously. Good times. There was the fedora era where you became the squire, which actually stuck because you applied it online.
0: Yeah, I know it's out there now. Fedora Ramon because you
1: look like Razor Ramon. I do. Yeah. Then Razor because Ramon apparently was too hard to say for some people. Way too hard. <laughs> so.
0: No, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I got Dixon
1: because it was like people would sometimes I could be a dick. Unbelievable. Yep. So then they called me Dick, but then they called me Richard. And then <laughs> To <laughs> and be classy And then some people just <laughs> like I don't know, we started saying like, What's up, son, to everybody? So then it became Dick's song. <laughs> no it was just Dixon. So. Yeah, there it is. Pretty dumb. You know Nobody
2: I, mean? I knew had a nickname ever. What? None. We just what? call everybody by their legitimate name their or government's their last name? name. Yeah, or their last oh, name. Wow. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, was... you
1: didn't know any rappers.
2: No, not one. Most people
0: always have nicknames. Jeez, you're so proper.
2: I know. Then I gave myself the stupidest nickname of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that sticks professionally. Always. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Anyway.
3: You know, another group of weirdos, this is what they call a segue uh, in the industry. Um, <laughs> perfect. I said, I want to talk about one thing or one thing alone today. And that is Big Brother. Because every summer, because we have no hockey to watch, we watch Big Brother. And this summer is no exception. And it is proving to be quite the hot summer.
2: It's just great. It's a good season. It is a good season. It started off super slow. I was concerned about it. I was like, we need some drama. And then we got drama. If you don't like Big
3: Brother, and I don't hold it against you, I don't think anybody here does. Uh, It's a guilty pleasure. Please fast forward on the podcast approximately. How many minutes, Nation Dan? Uh, Eight Eight minutes. Uh, After that, this will be... (laughs) end it
0: if you like big brother we will continue on i think we got more than eight to put towards this subject (laughs) oh yeah eight minutes on the break i would
2: also go so far as to say you should watch big brother because it's a good show
1: it's a good off-season hockey thing to watch
0: it's the ultimate social experiment
1: but it's hard to jump right into it so like you have to get it from the very beginning so i understand why people don't just start like a couple weeks in no No. you can't you can't it's like a soap opera the best part about if you hate it and you start it You will be addicted, even if you hate it. Two or three episodes. I can't just give it one.
3: I've done one a couple seasons. I'm like, this year's stupid. It takes a
1: while. Totally.
2: I got into it about three. I watched like season one and then I gapped for 16 years or whatever. And then I got into it. Were you busy? No, I was just over it. I got into about three years ago. I started halfway through the season. The best part was that I got to binge. And oh, catch myself yes. up. Oh, that was that's good fun. living. was the dream.
0: That was good living. I got to binge watch five episodes when I got back from Ireland. It was so good. One time Go I ahead. ate like
3: four things of Lay's chips and binged on those. And now I can't eat Lay's chips anymore because I literally only puked up chips. I ate a
2: whole bag last night and of I regret nothing. Yes. Oh. I was hungry. What are you going to do? It was
3: a party we'd had at our house when I was a little kid. And there was all these bags of chips left over. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat all these chips. I'm gonna eat all these <laughs> and I still can't eat sour cream and onion chips oh, I yeah. don't enjoy salt and vinegar chips because I binged eight on chips
1: I had that with salsa really yeah binged it and then got sick and now I cannot eat salsa Subway too actually Golden the, grams for me oh
0: Golden grams. can't eat Golden grams. I used to one. eat them exclusively for years and then just hit a wall
2: I couldn't drink vodka for a long time got way <laughs> too drunk way I cool. should
3: vodka doesn't apply
0: I hope. no no
2: I'm back in the game now we can <laughs> distilleries <laughs> we I about? hope I ain't no quitter Back the that's why
3: jc is the best character on bb20 jc is awesome he is he's a little shit
2: disturber you can't understand it. a single thing he's saying but he's the best
0: like his <laughs> what what was he trying to say when he said the word Yatus?
1: a hiatus hiatus <laughs> and he wasn't even like he wasn't even explaining it properly yeah and so you, just, know, yattus, yattus. you know, yatus, yatus. Yeah, we're on a yatus when nothing's happening, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> and it came out that he was trying to say Haitus. Like yeah, yeah. Last with, was with Jing and Jin and Jen,
0: Jin and Jen, Jin and Jen. I'm saying it, Jin and Jen. No, so
4: so this the accent.
3: This season is is, a, is an interesting season because what happens in Big Brother. Very, we're going to assume you know because you're still listening, and I feel bad for you if you are. But you're voting somebody out every week, so people who would normally never make an alliance are forced into alliances, but because a person's getting voted out every week, inevitably everybody turns on each other, and at the end it's like basically a zombie apocalypse. Who could outlive everybody else?
0: Well, and like, the last few years has followed like, the same thing, where like all the cool and like good competitors will stick it out until the end and just get rid of all the floaters. Um, but this year, they're like making big moves. They yeah, got they came a, out
2: swinging. But,
1: but our boy mo- Swaggy C, yeah. gone. But gone. more so, what I've noticed in the last couple of years is how right off the bat, there'll be two alliances. Yeah. And it will split the house into like a third, a third, and a third. There'll be a one alliance, then there'll be another alliance, and then a group of floaters. Yeah. And those group of floaters are so powerful because they can sway any... They're Every week, they're the ones that the Alliances are trying to get to vote their way. Yeah. It's my boy so like, Tyler. He's the ultimate powerful. floater. Yeah, man. He's oh, he, he is not floating. Alliances. How could you so accuse great. that guy of floating?
0: He, well, he is in the sense he that he's got the- playing the fucking game, he's son. He's got the- oh, He's the Irish butter of, the, of all the- 100%.
2: Castors. Oh, well done. Well done. I No butter. disagreement there, but he's got a solid alliance but then he kind of just wanders on over to the other side and then weasels his way into their plans. See, he plays... It's tough
0: to play both sides, and he is playing it but that's he's the thing. going at an emotional side, and it's, it's smart. Yeah,
1: you do it wrong when you're, when you're playing the floating side because your alliance gets pissed off at you. They see what you're doing. He somehow is doing it in a way where like his alliance is totally cool with it.
3: His social game, I think, is so strong. Unbelievable. That What he's doing, in my mind, is he's just sitting and having conversations with everybody, yeah. and they take that to mean he's on their side. Yeah. yeah, and they
0: open up to him. They tell him everything. It's he amazing how they
2: tell him everything.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. so
2: stupid. Like last night's episode. Remember the last night? We called them all dumbasses last night or whatever. He yeah, showed? yeah. And then like his uh, his his girl Caitlin gets knocked out. Sorry for the spoiler if you haven't seen it. And then
0: he's just like,
2: you okay, oh, oh, she listening. was like number eight, eight on my list <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're cutthroat. And oh,
1: yeah. everybody thinks she's number one, right? Yeah. He's playing it perfectly. Like oh yeah.
0: Really and Bailey's like, yeah, we got like, oh, he feels like he's the target. I feel, I got to let him have a week off. Like, Jesus Christ, he
3: is accepting like. But what's so weird, I think, about this season still is, like, how many people have been voted on? Like, five or six? Five. Oh, five, I think. Yeah, five. Folks. There's yeah. still a bunch of people on that show. You have no idea what they're about. Oh, no, the like non-events. Angela, Angela like is the such in, a, a non Football player
1: lady? Yeah, the Instagram football, or the Instagram model, Angela. It doesn't is even like, mean anything. I, you thought, yeah, no, but you thought I'm an Instagram be... model. Well done. You take
0: one <laughs> selfie. Hmm.
1: Well, maybe she wasn't no she's a fitness model
0: fitness model and like beach volleyballer or yeah, something so
1: i
2: thought she was going to be a big part of the show just cuz she's an absolute so rock did I.
0: well and in the first episode she almost won that competition she's like yeah i know i'm a beast and like all of a sudden is just gone i've heard seven words
1: from her and one of them she print, she totally misused a word and yeah. i can kind of see why i don't think they're talking to her much
3: I to just... be well, god bless her heart not that sharp
1: yeah orally speaking
3: yeah doesn't sound smart Put just, yourself together. That was the Irish butter of descriptions. <laughs> uh, but not be... She's like boring dumb. Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: think she gets the game. Yeah. Like, I literally don't think she understands Big Brother or how to, like, be... I don't know. Have the cameras focused on you. I, she's just she, kind of
0: living a life. It's amazing what personality does. Like, you just open up the show, you're like, holy shit, this chick's hot. And then the show starts happening. You start seeing her like, oh my god. Like, this person, she's not... Like, interesting. No. Like, how much was I she I mean in... that in a nice way, but How like... much
2: was she in last night's episode? 10 seconds?
1: Yeah. Well, there was the competition where she flo- She went down, so you got to see her there for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then, other than that, when they talked to her for, like, literally three seconds. And when she votes. Yeah, and when she votes.
0: And she doesn't even say a lot when she votes. She
1: doesn't even, and knows how everybody, when she walks out of the voting room. Everybody has a little thing that they do, where they like, you know, they jump to each other, they give yeah. each other five something. That's pre. Yeah, she just meditated. walks right past them. She just them. walks. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's showing me she has no, like, motivation sh- to like be interesting or, or figure out something.
0: She's social famous, a babe, uh, like a, a model or whatever. Like, this is a, such a good opportunity to build a brand 100%. to really put yourself on block. You could
1: person- be selling diet team oh. eighteen months, yeah. earning a five Absolutely. figure income annually. She's dry toast. Though. She's the only person that when she talks to Julie. All she says is, hi, Julie, and then says her, vo- her vote, doesn't say anything else. Where yeah. all the rest of them are saying hi to their family, you know, being yeah. animated, doing something. Imagine doing you come something. out, you're
3: like, hey, Julie, how are things on the outside?
0: And Julie's like, not this week, bitch. No. <laughs> so I'm going to still hold out hope. She said she actually said that she's laying low and been floating this whole time. And that's why she threw the competition. But uh, ho- I'm hoping something she just jumps out of the cake here soon. And uh, delivers uh, the goods, but I yeah, can't think of any, I can't see it.
1: I can't think of anybody that's ever laid this low and hasn't been an active part of the show that all of a sudden came out of their shell and was like a must-watch competitor. Yeah, that's true. And so I don't know if like I hope she can do it too, but I don't think she can.
2: Speaking of Julie Chen, she looks fantastic. Oh year yeah, year twenty, she Come looks on.
3: fine. But at the same time, she's got some problems on the outside of the old homestead these days. No. Well, the old man's been accused of all sorts of skullduggery.
2: Oh. oh, Les, how dare you?
0: Yeah. CBS this is, is having a uh, board meeting about... Uh, Removing him? Well, Just to, to do it because they're going to do an investigation and all that. Because, you know, sometimes you know, there's a lot of truth to it. Sometimes there's not. Yeah. So they have to go explore that. Oh, no. He was on
2: 60 Minutes to, uh this weekend, uh, this past weekend. Les Moonves. Sorry, Julie. You're doing a great job on Big Brother, though. Apologies.
0: It's true. I've got my inbox open right now. Uh, trust me, I am going to keep this, this topic on Big Brother, but uh, I just got an email from Yukon Jack talking about podcast notes. I'm scared to open, so I'm going to change screens, but just wanted to
2: loop <laughs> everyone in.
0: <sighs> I wish he sent me those. I
2: feel like he... I like, like his notes.
1: Is he listening live or something? Too? Yeah, like a, is he outside it. the door? And he's like, you guys You assured I me mean, nobody would hear this Maybe he's not a
0: BB fan, and somehow he's listening live, <laughs> and he has a...
1: It could be about his podcast.
0: Everything is wrestling. Fair enough. Which is a great podcast.
3: It is. I actually listened to one uh, a few days back, and I was, well, what's the word? Dispirited? (laughs) Disheartened? I mean, I've never listened to this podcast, but Yukon is smashing it with the Everything is Wrestling podcast. He has, like, WWE guys on every week, and they're all talking about stuff, and he knows everything about them.
2: I feel (laughs) like Pig Boy needs a tape sponsor.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And an alphabet magnet?
2: Yeah, some, some, some kind of extra hustle for Pig Boy.
0: Pig Boy.
1: I think of him every time I think of like wrestling. Now I think of UConn, and I watched the Andre the Giant documentary again. Oh, how level. good is that! It's I still like, haven't one of the best it. things. Man. Oh, it's I so good. I teared up at the end. Like, and I was like, I haven't
0: seen the end yet. Don't blow it for me. Oh, I'm not gonna say
1: what happens, but like, no, well, it's I know just what sad. happens like, to him. No, does. just, <laughs> just, just okay. as far as I <laughs> know, seven feet man.
0: People who are seven feet tall live forever, you know, right?
1: You know something like that is good when you put it on to watch it, and your wife is doing like laundry and stuff around the house and not really paying attention to the TV, and within like 15 minutes all that shit doesn't matter anymore. She's sitting down and she's watching it and she's super into it. One time we were at Cowboys
3: and you walked up to me and said, I can't believe I'm this drunk and then ordered four double Ryan
1: Cokes. Sounds right, yeah.
3: And now you're telling me a story where the (laughs) craziest thing that happens is when your wife isn't watching the same show as you and then you guys sit down and watch a show together.
1: No, but it shows when something like sports or something translates further than just sports and being like, Irish a butter soft. Story. You
3: are Irish butter soft.
1: Yeah, I pretty much am. I did a lot of it, yard work not, this weekend. When they not was...
0: refrigerated, Irish butter is soft. Sorry. You, you are right. softer
3: than the Irish butter left in the Dublin
1: sun <laughs> for a week. Well, we went out on Saturday. My wife uh, went away on Saturday morning. She drove to BC. Yeah. And uh, so I we had some friends in town that were, came in town for a wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got back at it like I was 19 again. And that. I swear to God, I felt like I was... 65 yesterday (laughs) I couldn't move honestly thank god my family wasn't there or they would have been like so embarrassed by me but I could not do anything I literally got up I ordered a pizza I ate it for like brunch and I ate it again (laughs) for like lunch and then I ate it this is a real bad part for dinner, and then I had the last piece this morning for breakfast. <laughs> oh, that's the yeah, a full Monta <laughs> is
0: just the house is away, man. You got to live your life, live your life. You got great value out of that piece, good value. Too. I did.
1: Was it was it a great. large, was, yeah, a large. Oh yeah, well, well done, well Large. There's one. I saved the one biggest piece for this morning.
2: What flavor are you running with?
1: It was a pepperoni from Monty's classic. Monty's is, no is a but old, they should be. Uh, it's the fucking West best. End treasure. Oh yeah.
3: Let's take a break, boys. We'll come back. We'll talk about how you eat pizza and used to be hard after this real life
5: podcast. Sumo you've been through the gas station you've seen all the flavors teriyaki black pepper maybe extra hot sweet chili that's about as exotic as it gets but if you subscribe to sumo jerky at sumo check them out online enter your preferences they source out the finest small batch handcrafted maw and paw jerky from all over the world They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high-quality, handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals, or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumojerky.com. It shows up once a month. Deliver it as a gift if you like. Have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day. Sumojerky.com. Follow them on Instagram, at sumojerky, for pictures of their meat. Or sign up for the service yourself, sumojerky.com. Once a month, meat delivered right to your door. It's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up. My favorite day of the month is Sumo Jerky Delivery Day. Sumojerky.com to get started. We're back.
3: Real life podcast brought to you by our good friends at Sumo Jerky, which strangely enough is me. Sumo Jerky is the most delicious online beef jerky club. I've been talking
2: about Sumo Jerky the last Three days. For real? Yeah, To people that you meet? People here, people everywhere. I want my shipment. I'm waiting for it. So
3: I got the emails. So I get the emails from all the promo ones. Mm. And I get the like, you have six emails. I'm like, oh, glorious. And their sumo jerky is en route.
2: I am looking forward to this month's batch of treats. Mm. Remember how many came in the mail last month, Jay?
0: It was like two orders in quick succession, wasn't it? Or is it one January? Well, was January. Order. There was an issue.
3: Some oh, okay. orders got fucked up. But last month, we just got like 12 bags.
2: Okay. I ate a lot of jerky last month, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like dipping salts, the whole thing. The whole the whole thing are
3: root. Well, anyways, sumo jerky. Sponsor of the show, because they have to be. <laughs> <laughs> How about Lucic on spit Chicklets? Bagmo?
2: I thought it was a good interview. He was with the spit and Chicklets guys for a couple hours. They were talking about all kinds of shit. His journey up. That's the part I kind of enjoyed the most, was his journey up from um, junior to play in the NHL, where he's got... He talk, actually talked about now if... He was a junior-age player now. He doesn't even know that he would get a chance to play in the show. He's like, in my draft year, I had nine goals and ten assists. What team would possibly take a kid with nine goals and ten assists in the second round? So it was just that kind of thing. And then a lot of Bruins talk, a lot of Bruins talk. Obviously, the spin Chicklets boys, a big chunk of them are from Boston or whatever, and that's fine. But then when he got to the Oilers, he was very complimentary about the organization, the team. Uh, everything and him, himself coming back next year. He said that he was his own worst enemy last year and he's coming back with a much better mindset this year and please let that be true because Gord knows we need him.
0: I always drink the Kool-Aid. You could hear him smiling through his, as Yukon as says, I, I've got that ability. I don't know what the hell that is, smiling through the microphone, but you could tell he could hear it. And uh, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I hope, I, now obviously he's got to go through those things and say these things. Uh, to be able to be better. So, was no. he smiling
3: talking about Connor or was he smiling remembering when he used to play with Chara? I think the whole time. Uh, I don't
0: think he was too critical of Edmonton at all.
2: No, he uh, was very positive, actually. I thought he was really complimentary to the organization and playing here. He's like, understandably, there's pressure and all that, blah, blah, blah. But...
1: So, when he brought up Edmonton or when it came up in the podcast, I could just, I didn't listen to it, but I've listened to a little bit of it to Whitney. Kind of go the negative route with Edmonton. Surprisingly, or he no. anything? Whitney oh, doesn't see. really
0: tee off on Edmonton as harsh as you think he might, um, because he had a bad time here. Yeah, uh, he doesn't really go too negative on Edmonton, but like the one thing he brought up that, and, and I think Luch agreed to, is just how dark it gets here in the winter. <laughs> I thought that was one of my favorite parts of the podcast.
2: So Luch each talking about how he needed, he's never applied so much lotion to his skin in his life. Yeah. So I was all I was thinking about is i like, okay, man, if dry skin and lotion is the one of the biggest issues that we've got here. Yeah. I volunteer to be the guy that rubs him down with the <laughs> finest of olive oils yep. and whatever it takes to keep him feeling his best.
0: And I'll send him a nice humidifier just to you know keep that bedroom nice and moist.
2: Yeah, just keep the whole house. We'll just send him an array of humidifiers <laughs> so he can just put all yep. over the house. Yeah, whatever he signed. needs.
3: Well, if this doesn't make him play better next year, I don't know what will. <laughs> Some vitamin D pills, maybe.
2: I'll send him a crate of those. Come over and rub you down with anything, Milan. <laughs> hey, listen. If that's not motivating, that a blogger that made fun of you for the better part of the year is we're wiping it all all the way clean slate going into next year oh yeah we have to oh. i am prepared to do my part in helping milan lucic get back to the place where we need him to be uh-huh.
3: i guarantee you if the Oilers are in the playoffs this april and i haven't really thought about that with a severe mind yet but milan lucic will be pointed to if we are in the playoffs as one
0: of the people that help so 100% do you think
1: he's doing his part which is maybe working on foot speed
0: well, he's he I, I saw him at another he was at uh that Ice Guardians premiere uh, that was in Edmonton last year and he says like someone brought up foot speed. He's he is oh he's been working on foot speed since junior. Like it's something he always works on is skating. Like, you know, there's there's physical limitations to some guys. He's not a fast hockey player.
1: Yeah, I mean I really like him. Regardless of his foot speed, so, I do like him, but
0: I just yeah, I just hope he can kinda remove whatever was going on in his head for the last three months of the season and can be like the looch that we New for like his first 18 months in edmonton
2: or the guy that we saw in calgary at the end of the year when we went for the nation road trip down to calgary yeah. where he's dummying guys all over the place pops pops him, Mike Smith.
0: That's, do well, well, that's the thing if you're slumping do the other things right and i think that's something we talked about so i think you just gotta get all that like he like obviously lost confidence to do everything and he showed a little bit of a glimpse of that in that last game which was fantastic and i hope he's quer- carrying that swagger into this season but
2: his quote on that was i think it was more of a it was definitely more of a mental thing. It was almost like everything that could go wrong went wrong for our team and for me personally. And it was the snowball effect or the quicksand effect. It was like the harder you tried, the more you sank into the quicksand. So this year for me, it's all about mentally having fun going to the rink again and mentally looking forward to the challenges we face as a team and as an athlete every single day. I think my mindset was very negative last year. So I was almost my own worst enemy this year. I'm just going in with a happy, healthier mindset. And I'm, I'm pulling for you.
3: One of the things we got to do as Oilers fans to the best that we can is try and create an atmosphere where it's not like... We, given the amount of unsuccessful hockey we've seen in the last 11 years, let's put it kindly, <laughs> the temptation to run guys out of town is strong. And He's How the hell can you follow a team that's been as shitty as this organization has been and not get mad at people who you see as underperforming?
1: Sure. But I think it's
3: super important that as we now go into a brighter era of Oilers hockey, which undoubtedly we will. We already have. Nah, nah, nah
1: you got to do that, wipe
3: the slate clean at the start of each year. we but also got to stop,
1: stop acting like a two-game losing streak in November is the end of the world. Well, the end of the world
3: has been the program the Oilers have been icing since 2007. Effectively, it has been the yeah. end of the world for fucking 15 years or however long it's been, right? But I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It, it, it's very difficult, and bag milk, heavens, in the, we know this more than anybody else, to stay positive when all you're seeing is losing. Yeah. But you can't have a guy like Milan Lucic coming here in what year three of his deal?
2: Yeah, it'll be three year three this year. Year three. Yeah.
3: And feel like oh, I'm behind the eight ball, the Oilers fans, and I'm screwed. Like it's got to be like Milan Lucic starting year, yay, Milan, you're back. Clean slate. Clean Last year slate. was a bad year. Those but jerks at Oilers Nation aren't making memes about you saying you suck. I'll make memes about it. Oiling him up.
0: <laughs> Whatever it takes this year. Let's do it, Milan. Yeah, Me and you, buddy. Yeah, straighten up those fingers. you got to get deep. I think oh, we yeah. should
1: all go to the arena with a little bit more awareness of having fun. Well, it'd be nice
0: if
3: they would win a few games and help out. Heavens knows it, I've done my part. I yeah. bought three others garbage cans in the last 10 years.
0: It is a lot easier, but it's fun. Like, and the one thing you will hear, uh, especially when he talks about Edmonton, is like people, he'll ask players that played at Edmonton, especially when Maroon is on the, the show as well, uh, just having people come up to him and critique their game. Like the all oh all of us armchair, like we gotta just like sh- shut that fucking down. Like,
4: who,
3: well, if it, you're winning and people are coming up to you, like Fernando must have been during the playoff run of 06.
0: When you say Fernando, you're playing fucking awesome. Like that's great. Yeah. But yeah. that's what Whitney Not,
2: said too on the podcast. He's like, if you're playing good in Edmonton, yeah. you're a god. Yeah.
0: But like I know, but like it's like oh, you gotta you gotta back check harder. Like fucking who? Like just
2: there was a tweet the other day
3: I saw it. It was somebody listening, I think to Oilers now. Is that going in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like. The middle of summer, it's 34 degrees. I can't remember. Gary from Millwood's texted him, <laughs> the Oilers <laughs> need to shoot more on the power play. It's the middle of the summer. Yeah, oh, Gary. There are certain things I think of being sports fans that you can count on. You know, every single fan of every single team of every single sport is convinced there is a multi level conspiracy with the referees against them. I'm convinced. Weather's had by my far life, the
2: lowest number of penalties. When I go week.
3: traveling, they meet somebody and they're like, oh, you know the best is Bayern Munich. I'm like, don't even know the sport, but if I want to get along with you, I'll be like, You know what? I'm a fan. You guys I'm not a fan of your team, but I'm a fan of the sport. You guys get fucked by the refs. <laughs> and everybody, doesn't matter what sport, they're like, Oh, we do get fucked by the it's refs. It's a good opening line, it's right it's a there. great opening line because then all of a sudden you're on the, and you don't even need to let and they'll just start talking well the other game, there's a thing that happened, and the refs are just fucking blind and they're in cahoots with the league commissioner,
0: and that's why high ali is impossible to watch these days. I'm convinced you well, there's
2: there's something against us.
0: Chalmers was frowning. You want to know what high is? Yeah, what is it's that? It's like the big scoop in the ball they throw it against the wall. Oh, that! <laughs> it game's took rough. off in the
3: eighties because people were like using it as a front for cocaine
0: traffic. Yeah, it was huge in Miami. Well, it was in the opening what? credits to Miami Vice, which is dating myself. But uh, why were you didn't in Miami? Did you do that Vice?
2: on uh, Jackass? But they were throwing melons at each or yeah, oranges the, at each oranges, other.
0: Yeah, because those little scoops are so long, you can generate so much velocity. Like they're, they're coming at like a, like two hundred kilometers an hour. There was a pro high league, and all these coke bosses owned teams and were like threatening each other.
1: Where is this sport really popular? India? Uh, let's see. Like Asia, India and South America, Asia, South I think America. America? Yeah.
0: yeah, I haven't heard the term highlight in a while. <laughs> Do they hit each other? <laughs> yeah, highlight. Do they
1: hit each other? Who? Those guys when they're playing. Well, you, they to, they like, body you, could, you could
0: kill a guy because like, yeah. you're zipping the ball. It's so quasi racquetball uh, Yeah, it's like intense racquetball. and they like the guys will like run up the walls and shit. Like they're it's intense. Never
3: seen highlight. You know why? You're too busy watching whatever shows your wife wants to watch.
1: <laughs> that's what I wanted to watch.
3: <laughs> oh, that granite countertop really made the kitchen pop. Meanwhile, I'm watching Alive.
1: That's true. I think
2: it's cool going to countries and like going to see a sport like that that's popular in that region or whatever, even though you have no idea what's going on. Like I went to see cricket in Australia. Oh, cool. I had no idea what's going on. Why is everybody standing everywhere? What's the point <laughs> of this game? Why are they running back and forth? The whole thing. But it was amazing. Once you start to learn the rules, you get into the crowd, into the culture, you're drinking with the people around you. Fantastic.
3: You say, Boy, the umps are fucking us this year.
0: It's and they go, yeah, they are fucking it's us. It's a Spanish game. And it's big in Latin America and Philippines. Yeah. Who knew?
2: See, I'd go watch that.
3: Wikipedia knew. Does it How talk do you- anything about the High League of the eighties that got Oh. sucked into the organized crime world. There's a movie where they're talking about high lie and They're all dressed all cool from the 70s. Is it Narcos? I think it's Narcos. And then in one scene... They're well, Narcos like, isn't a movie. Well,
2: good it's kind point. of like a movie, though. It's the like show. a series. I'm just
3: trying to think there was a show about it I saw on a television. Which...
0: Uh, it wasn't in the first two seasons, I don't think. Well, maybe it was. And then they
3: kill the one owner of the team because he something, something, something. Oh, something. Yeah.
0: That's high life for you, man.
3: Speaking of strange sports where people are doing well, how about that dude from E-Town that got signed to Bayern Munich?
2: Yeah, Alfonso Davies going to Byron, Munich, and he played for, I believe, a, a charitable organization here called Free Footy is how he got his start. After Free Footy here in Edmonton. Yeah, after coming to the country, he left. Where was it, Dan? Ghana. He left Ghana, and he came to Canada as a, uh, you know, he emigrated here, and that was the biggest transfer agreement for someone from the MLS ever.
0: And he's 17.
2: 17, and he's a hometown boy, Edmonton boy. And he's going to go and tear up the soccer
0: oh, world. He's of, going like he's going year. to play in like like Bayern Munich's like Champions League level team. Like he is going to get
3: paid
0: to paid cool. Irish butter. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Irish yeah. butter from here to Tamori. It's really interesting how it works in soccer. Chalmers you were saying earlier, like it's the only sport where you can like legitimately just be like,
1: here are the rights to so and so. Good luck with him. Yeah, it's amazing. Like if you scout properly and you get a good player that is not really highly touted, but then he becomes amazing. It's worth huge money to you your franchise. You just sell the player. Just sell the player.
3: Down in Hermosillo, where I work in Mexico, which is two hours south of Tucson, they have, it's like ungodly hot. Like, we're ungodly cold, they're ungodly hot. And they have an arena soccer league, and a friend of mine is like the owner of this little team. And what he wants isn't necessarily like a full house, because he does, and you know people buying popcorn or whatever, but he wants to sell the rights to players. So he conducts all these camps and then he gets the rights to these players by signing them up and then they underwrite the cost of like minor soccer and he sold a player for like three million bucks to a league in South America and it like paid for his team and paid for all the op costs for years and years and he's like I want to get these guys in. I want to oh. get them going. And I want to sell them. And if the new Pele or whoever the hell is the best happens to be from Sonora, I'm getting paid. It's like raising <laughs> racehorses.
0: Like it's it's insane how that like the the soccer world works. So you like, sell one guy to
3: Bayern Munich, you're Irish butter for a decade. How uh.
1: far does he run his camps? Like how like what? Would so it's be like, the like a territory. Around?
3: It's kind of like how the NHL used to be with like Quebec. Everybody belonged to the Habs. Yeah, he has the state of Sonora. Right. So he's gone out and made soccer teams in all these different like parts of the state mm-hmm. and then runs camps and then brings his players around. But like one of the main focuses of the team, other than playing professional soccer, they play against American teams. Like I can't remember who the hell I went and watched, but it was all like basically it's the only Mexican team, it's a North mm-hmm. American league. Their basic goal is just develop talent and sell it. Like the Oilers of the mid nineties.
0: <laughs> well like like well you look like FC Barcelona and Real Madrid, like all the big clubs, they're Those junior camps, like, they're global. Like, they'll have a camp in Alberta. Yeah, and they'll sign you to 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 your rights. And they'll sign them just so they can can move these guys. Yeah, so they'll be
3: like, you know, when you look on Facebook, it's like, hey, everybody, so-and-so team's coming to have a camp. FC Real Madrid's having a camp here. They're signing kids to contracts. Yeah, Yeah, as young as, like, like American Idol. and And what's
0: what's interesting with those transfer fees, it's like, I I think it's 10% of it goes to the player. So good for Afonso. He's going to get some money. But, like, all the money, like, it trickles down. Like, yes, it goes through the white caps. Like, Vancouver gets a good chunk. But then, like Alfonso's like youth team gets money. The organization that that uh, sports like charity organization to get, free footy gets some dough. Free from footy gets for real. Dope. Yeah, it, like it just trickles. It follows his career. And they, free and... footy will get
3: money from Bayern Munich.
0: Yeah. Wow. Isn't that insane? Wow. That's
3: rad. That Hockey's really got to cool. step it shit up, man. When you look at like when we're down in California, Jay, and you look at how the Ducks own every single arena in Anaheim. Yeah. And the Sharks have like a minor hockey program. that If you're good. They will get you into the team, and they will pay for your, your sport if you're yeah. good. Yeah. Whereas here, it's just like expected parents can come up with 5G to give Johnny goalie pads so you can get lit up in peewee. Like, hockey needs to start taking it seriously. That They're going to be re- – the next Sidney Crosby, the next Conor McDavid may not have the cake to go and take power yeah. skating.
0: They'll play basketball, soccer, baseball, stuff that's cheaper, bear, and, and hockey's going to – it There's some great sane. charities out there helping kids to get into sport, kids but sport. It's, it's only yeah, kids sport, which we're doing that be a beauty t-shirt with. Um, but uh, it's it, 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 it just solving a small piece of the pie.
1: Well, yeah, as a father of two kids, like I know I've seen single handedly recently, uh, my kids aren't at this level yet, but how much it costs if your kids show promise and you have to get them in like all these different camps. And it could be like upwards of like 30 to 40,000 if they go to like these academies. Oh, yeah. and we're talking at like 9, 10, 11 years old. And
3: like capitalism applied to like talent in the long run generally finds a way to get the smartest people into the right spaces for the best things. Like Stanford, for example, right? It's like a ungodly expensive. But most undergraduate students at Stanford get a scholarship because so much money has been donated to the school by alumni who are like, I went to Stanford and then invented Hewlett and Packard. Here's some money for you, right? And hockey's got to wise up and realize in the long run, it's not who's the best kid that can afford to play the game. It's who's the best players. we got to find them a way to get them in the game and keep them in the game.
1: Oh, yeah. I think in our system right now, a lot of people without maybe the means to do that get left behind. And I think
3: because the NHL has been able to shift – from just North American players to, like, a global audience. They've been able to kind of, like, delay the onset of, like, if you play football in the States, a lot of your peewee football and stuff is covered by your school, Mm -hmm. right? But I think because they've been able to look to a global audience for players, they haven't really hit that wall yet where they're like, oh, shit. Like, there actually isn't a good generation of players coming. And that's why you see, like, Sweden and Finland and all these countries where it is, like, quasi-socialized. There's becoming a larger percentage of the NHL. it's
0: super socialized. Like, you go and sign, like if you're going to play pro in Sweden, you would have signed with that team when you're like 10 in the sense of like you've, you, you got into their program and it's at that, that time. It's just a function of talent in getting in there. And then you're just in their system.
3: So like the Oilers need to buy Hawks athletic club and white mud West and KC and take over all their bills, buy them for a penny. Yeah. See, the Oilers were well, doing- it's tough with the
0: Oilers. I think what we, it's I it, I think geographically it's tough to implement that model, uh, uh, like that, I think what they, I think what we need to do is I think we need to start doing it like how, how the states does it and like have like the high school program where you have to make the high school team. You don't have to pay the five grand a year to play CAC or to go to Edge Academy or do all that shit. Like everything's done through the school and system. And that's who
3: the Oilers... Like pay to play, yeah,
0: and that's and that's how they do it because you know you can't you, you can only have one Edmonton Oilers novice team in Edmonton. But isn't
3: ice time a massive part of the fees? Couldn't the Oilers go and buy Tipton Arena off the city and
0: maintain it for free for teams to lower the cost? As they do in Anaheim, yeah, and they, they certainly could. But every high school would have their own arena in this. In this, like I'm just trying to follow. Like, oh, the, I see. The so states the high schools have, would need to build new arenas. The, the high school would have like if you look at what they do in the states, that's what it is, right? Like you're you you play high school hockey. Right. There's, you don't, you, all you have to have is equipment. That's your barrier to entry, right? It's not the crazy registration fee. No, so. you don't
1: start pay, like paying to play other than equipment. Obviously yeah. you don't start paying to play football in the States. I don't think really ever like you go through high school. Yeah. If you're good enough after high school, you get a scholarship yeah. or you try to walk onto a team in university or college yeah. or something. But here, you know, at 13 years old, when you're done at white mud West, If you don't want to stay with White West and you want to move on to one of the house leagues, it immediately costs you money. Not to mention during the summer and during the spring and in the fall, because it's basically a year round thing here, you're paying big money to get onto these spring teams and they play for like four weeks and it's like $1,300. What? Oh yeah. It's expensive.
0: Oh, it's big. Like, Like I said, like, especially the parents of memes, they will spend anything and everything.
1: And I'm pretty sure that they're started. Like there's more and more of these teams started all the time because... Guys were like, look, after after hockey's done, if I can get, you know, four other guys or five other guys to get a team where they can get like 14 to 15 kids and a goalie to all pay us $1,300, pay the coaches, will the four of us go rent ice time? Mm-hmm. And in four weeks, we will play each other, you know, twice, twice a week? and we'll run practices the other days. It's a and mismatch,
3: right? It's a mismatch of supply and demand. It's ensuring that the kids who have the most money who are good are able to play year-round, but not the kids who are best at sport, and they're pricing guys out of the market. Yeah. And that's just
0: bad for the game in the long run. Yeah and, that's, yeah, and that's where hockey needs help, in North America. Yeah, in North America, specifically yeah. Canada. Or,
3: or until we're going to be cheering for Sven Svensson versus Sven Lindstrom in the bloody nhl finals of 2018 well five percent of games are in
0: north america well they do a super good job of it in, in in scandinavia for sure let's take a
3: break we'll be back real life podcast after this
5: alberta is where you find hard working hands where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water where we pull dragons from the ground and we choose rig hand distillery vodka whiskey gin and more Rig Han is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Rig Han in your liquor store and visit RigHandistillery.com.
3: We're back. Real-life podcast brought to you by our good friends at Righand Distilleries. Sometimes you get a clean intro when you come back from break. Sometimes I screw up and we start talking about stuff to start the show off and I have to
2: jam the content in. I'm telling you, I'm dying for a nice, cold vodka soda lime right now. Oh, right now, yeah. It is warm in here. A little warm, moist. Warm. A little very, bit moist. Very when moist. you're
3: sweating more than if you were actually playing hockey, <laughs> and you were just podcasting tangentially about hockey. That's super interesting, Chalmers. Tell me more about this new thing you found that the Oilers have done. They've done a mini Oilers well, so
1: Yeah, so I saw this last year, and what it is is like the little Oilers – Um, is basically a collaboration between the NHLPA and the NHL, and it's helping five- and six-year-olds, you know, break the barrier to entry into hockey by giving them full equipment, seven ice slots, um, and what you have to do is you basically just sign up, and if your kid is eligible, and I I haven't really seen what it takes to be eligible for this, but you basically put $100 deposit down, and then if you get accepted... And then you complete the program, you get $100 credited towards your enrollment in whatever uh, zone you're in. Hmm. So like it would be Whitewood West, where that costs for a kid of five, six, seven years old, that stuff costs like $195 to $275. So you're basically getting like half of it paid, but you're getting all this equipment that your kid keeps and gets to participate with Strud's, (laughs) Jason Strudwick, Fernando Pisani. Last year, Jeff Delorier was there to help with the goalies. So yeah, it's, Chris I mean, Russell's it's done. I've seen like yeah, it's uh, helping a bit, you know, get these yeah. kids, you know, if into it if they might not have the availability. Or the, the-, the
0: shitty thing about it, it, there's a limitation, and it's not their fault. It's because they only have so many players who can do it, so much time they can devote to it. So it it does provide value, but there's a lot of people, probably thousands of kids that enter that, and they can only take you know, sixty or whatever it is.
1: So it really the only eligibility is that, or the only way to become eligible, sorry, is that you. um were born between January 1st, 2010. Well, this is for last year, so it'd be a year later, but oh, between January 1st, 2010, December 31st, 2011, and that your kid has never participated in a U.S. or Hockey Canada sanctioned minor hockey program. Hmm. So it's literally for first-time kids that yeah, want to, to get them
0: in the ball. game, which I think is fantastic. I think yeah, that's, great. that's
3: great. Tremendous. I think, though, that you got to go a little bit further yeah. and, and it makes you, One of the KPIs if, KPIs of the OEG, let's talk all businessy bag milk for a tick here. One of the key things you have to look at for the OEG as an organization in the long run, I think, is what are we doing to promote minor hockey in Edmonton? Yep. And I think, yes, getting people interested in the game is, like, key, especially if you're, like, a new Canadian or something like that, being able to go and get free equipment and play. But they also need to start having a mind of, like, if there is a 12-year-old in Edmonton who is shit hot and is going to have to quit because he can't afford to quit White Mud West – what are we, the Oilers, going to do about it? It wouldn't be that hard to build out infrastructure. I mean, it would cost a lot of money up front if the old arena gets knocked down for sure. But like, to be like, okay, we're going to build six ice sheets. We're going to get former Oilers alumni who need work because they're still in the age group of 30 to 45 and we can work with them. And let's roll out 25 hockey teams that are uh, p- p- you know, no pay to play. We have to be good to make it in all these different age groups. Let's give them all Oilers gear and have this ice time available. Because I think... Ice time is a large part of the cost, if I'm not wrong, Jay yeah, on your hockey. Well, yeah.
1: and it, not even ice availability. I know we have a lot of arenas in the city, but, but I, no availability. They're, yeah, they're booked, and they're booked because a lot of these, especially in the spring and fall, they're booked by private guys who are running yeah. hockey camps. Oh. You know what I mean? The and oil should
3: have taken the old arena down, and they should have, or, or not taken it down, but taken it over, and they were trying to, and be like, okay. In exchange for having all this free land around the old arena that we can build another little thing on, we agree to operate six ice sheets at no cost to the city. I was going to say, what do you think? 25 was years. Was
1: it at all proposed to turn the inside of Northlands into like yeah. maybe... Five, six yep. arenas? It oh, it was. was proposed. And no. Northlands
3: didn't want Kate's group anywhere near the old arena. And it's better to dynamite it than to hand it to a guy who would actually make a thing go of it.
1: That's good long-term thinking. That's smart.
3: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, I don't think that the OEG was necessarily trying to do any like altruism for the game of hockey with it. I think that they thought they could run it as a venue. But if you sit back and take a look and be like, okay, well, is people from Edmonton playing hockey really good for Oilers in the long run? Yes. Why? Yeah. One, we get more people out of Edmonton who blow up and go into the NHL. Good. Mm -hmm. Two, kids playing hockey are much more apt to watch hockey. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, and you got to look at the problems, like, well, what's preventing people from who are good and poor from, or shouldn't say poor, but don't have the resources necessarily to drop fourteen hundred dollars? Well, yeah, and and and, and
1: time. I mean, that's the thing is, if my
3: kid asked me for fourteen hundred dollars, kid doesn't exist. But I'd be like, I'm going (laughs) to
1: buy four chainsaws. You can't go to spring hockey. Get out of here, kid. But see, and it's like I already feel the pressure. I never wanted to be a dad that basically like forced my kid to be at the arena all the time. If they wanted to, that's great. But. I'm not even at the point yet where I have to think about putting my kid into spring hockey because he's just not old enough. It'll come in the next couple of years. But I totally understand where these parents feel the pressure to have to keep up with this oh. because these kids are making their friends from hockey, right, and, they're, and, and so you're seeing these people, like their their friends outside and of hockey, and they're telling you, you know, well, are we put our kid in this camp and this camp and this camp, and without even wanting to, you feel guilty. You feel guilty for not doing that for your kid. Regardless if he wants it or not, you just don't know, right? They, you know, it's at this age, it's kind of like if I say to him, Do you want to play hockey in the springtime? He kind of goes, Well, yeah, I'll play hockey anytime. But the bad part about that is if I put him in too much stuff, then all of a sudden he's going to be like, I don't want to play hockey anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's a fine balance where I mean, I see it. Some people just think, You know, I'm not letting my kid get behind, I'm giving him every possible like opportunity to do it. And that costs money. And lots of time. The time is almost like the money. You could probably get them in a couple things, but we're talking like I've got them in just a couple camp, like just one camp each the week before. Basically, they go back to hockey just to get them like back on the ice, right? And it's like not great times during the day, right? Like it start at like ten o'clock, right? Or start at like on a weekday. Yeah. And, so, and it's five days of the week, so...
3: Now, question, because I don't have any kids. Do they Uber at their age?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're... Son, allowed. take an
3: Uber to Tipton and let me know how it went.
1: And can the Uber driver stay there and dress your son and put him in his hockey gear? Because they have to tie You know, who's oh. got to tie their skates? Yes. Yeah. So you have to stay there. Like, I got to I gotta stay So what do you, you
3: sit in the arena and drink little cups of coffee?
1: Yeah. And you talk to all the parents about all the other camps that oh, they were in. Oh, fuck that. I'm not sitting around talking to my kids. <laughs> teammate, parents about whatever the hell they want to... See, I think I'm going to be one of the fathers that stands like at the back of the, the glass by yeah, the gold standard. Yeah, just goaltender. by yourself? You yeah, got by a myself. Yeah.
3: I've already thought of this. Let me just interject with something stupid, Bagmo, because I'm sure you've got something smart <laughs> to say. I had a dream the other night, Jay, that you and I were golfing with our kids.
1: Whoa.
2: Whoa.
3: I don't know what's happening to my biological <laughs> clock, Jeez. but it was very strange because I've never been able to compete with you on the golf domain, but the kids were, and that was very weird, but neither here nor there. I've been starting to like look at the abstract problems of parenthood and be like, what would I do if that were to happen to me? I'm getting a sprinter van. man. I'm getting a converted sprinter van that has a fucking office in it and I will take my kids to these events and I will go sit in the parking lot and everyone (laughs) will assume I'm the save on delivery guy. But these sprinter vans on the inside, have you ever seen these things? Yes, I definitely have. It's like flying first class. Yeah, they're beautiful. And they don't look pretentious. the outside they're like you're a delivery man yeah but i could be sitting inside on the internet looking at my cat website which is a real thing while junior's off doing god knows what but i don't want to be a pariah and not talk to the other parents
1: but at the same time i don't care what the other parents are saying but see that's the thing but then you start to feel bad that you're not watching your son and being a part of
3: I'll have a guy in there holding up a GoPro and I'll be sitting in the parking lot reading.
1: <laughs> no. Just have a camera, exactly. Just have a screen going. I'll be like,
3: son or daughter, listen, I can do your skates up. I can be here. I ain't watching this hot mess. I'll be out in the parking lot. I'll watch your games and your practices, but I ain't watching no practice. Do you I'm think like, a sprinter van would work for a one
1: year? I think that, what, yeah, I think it would work for you. I don't think it would work for many. Right. But uh, well, I think about, it's a like, good idea.
2: I played summer hockey and went to hockey camps every summer from about the time I was about 10 till 17. So I could just, like when you talked about how much time it takes, I can only imagine how much time my dad had to take off work just to drive me around to who the fuck knows where. Sprinter van. I remember one of the summer leagues I played in probably Bantam. We were going to BC. We were going all over Alberta. We went to Saskatchewan and he was with me the whole time. So I don't know either. He didn't have a job and he was selling drugs, which I don't think he was, but he might have. (laughs) But he was taking a lot of time off work and spending shit tons of money. Yeah. And see, that, trying to live out, well, help me live out my dream at the time.
1: Yeah, and that brings up something I'd forgotten about these camps. Like the, 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 the month-long or four- to six-week camps that these coaches put on, usually they end in a tournament or like out-of-town See, that I would watch. Or, I would come watch yeah, that. Or they have like two tournaments. They have one at like week two where they go to Calgary and then another one in week four where they go to Calgary. You know, most of the time Calgary or Red Deer, like something close. But it's still, yeah, traveling.
2: Yeah, we had two home bases. We had one was in Whitecourt, and the other one was in Red Deer one summer. So every weekend, we would drive back and forth to Red Deer and Whitecourt, sometimes Saturday and Sunday, so we didn't have to pay for hotels or whatever. But every weekend for three months, essentially, we would be driving back and forth or all over to Fort McMurray or wherever. You know
3: what I would do to make sure that my kid got power play time? I'd lend the coach a sprinter van. He'd be
1: the coach. Nope, one of time. But like, I would say,
3: coach, you want to take the Sprinter van up to White Court? You know who needs to be on the point on the power play.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. Jr., like, who lit- can't tie his own Literally Arizona the Sprinter sprint van out. idea. I was trying to be nice, but that is not a very good idea. Because you're gonna not going to want to sit in the fucking parking lot. You're going right? to give your child and be, abandonment yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and to be honest with you, I, and I, I, I could just sense that it was happening when I would like, just go to get like something. Well, like, you drop your kid off, they get on the ice, and you notice what parents leave to, that don't stick around.
2: Old Jerry left early.
1: Yeah, old Jerry. There's Jerry, he left early. Got something better to do. I you
2: do know. have something better
3: to do. So
1: then yeah, do make money to pay for your time. fucking camps, how much it
3: costs to go to this fucking spring session? I got to <laughs> yeah. move units. I got to be out here slanging some jerky.
1: But so see, go on, keep talking about this. Okay, the parents the, who leave are dicks? Well, so, no, no, no. I don't think they're dicks because I don't think they're going to say anything, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I noticed... Which dad, maybe dropped their son off and then just didn't stick around. But does that mean ever. that my
3: son down the road will have a crippling addiction to
1: meth? No, yes. no direct I mean, correlation. Think, son of a gun. No, I don't think that's it. But like, you also—I
3: ha- <laughs> mean, I could give ten shits what my <laughs> these kids' teams. hockey teammates' dads think. I'm like, yeah, I well, you sticker. might
1: want to because the people like when you start getting into ten, eleven, twelve years old and. These are the parents that might start to get involved in some of the coaching. There's literally volunteer parents who do the um, evaluations. And these people are picking teams. And they're going to want to pick parents that they have want sprinter to vans? have around. <laughs> I'm not. I'll be actually, like, hey, yeah. man, pick my kids. Sprinter an, van's you know yours. What? Take it down, down to Rio. I always think this guy's an easy guy to have on our team because all he does is bring the sprinter van, sit in the parking lot. <laughs> The sprinter van's a shit. He's never going to bitch about his son's yeah, ice time because yeah. he doesn't know what his son's ice time <laughs> if is. If my son's oh, mad, I'll, I'll be
3: mad too, but then I'll get a second sprinter van. He can ride
2: in the other one.
1: Yeah, well, no, I don't know. It's a it's a political thing too. Like that's, you, well, it,
2: it's funny you say that too because I think of some of my coaches from like minor hockey. I, I've had drinks with them recently. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like they were just really good dudes and they were super awesome to like, as coaches when I was like 12, 13 and now that I'm in my thirties and I see one, I'm like, oh, we should have a drink. He's like, yes, we should have a drink. It I have a cool. couple,
1: I have a couple just like that. I have a coach that coached me on that stupid underage team we talked about last oh, year. Oh, I remember 13. that. Chalmers talked about and his cocky career last year. He's, he's a businessman around Edmonton and I, every, he lives by my parents. Every time I see him, like I just love this guy. This guy was like one of the greatest guys ever, but he was a young coach. So he was probably only like 10 years older than us when he was coaching us.
3: Here's what I need from you, Jay, if you'll do me one favor. I can never navigate this complex political world of children's sports because I, <laughs> I never participated as a child in shit. I need nine months and one day's advance notice of when you're going to have your first kid. I need you to be like, I'm feeling lucky tonight. I think tonight's <laughs> the night. You'll be first one to the finish kid. line. One. Yeah, you tell me. I'm feeling virile. I'm yeah. going to go on Tinder for one hour. I will swipe everyone and try and knock everybody up so that we can time children at the same time. Otherwise, my kid is going to be what Chalmers just described with a weird dad out in a Sprinter van (laughs) and no one keeping a fucking eye on the situation. If
1: I can tell you one more thing, try to get them born around the December, January thing. Not Ah, December, January.
0: December's bad.
1: Uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. just in January and March. that's when you can then have... Have you not read The Tipping Point? The Tipping Point. Oh, yeah. Or The 10,000 Hours. Which one is it? 10,000 Hours. No, the ten thousand hours is the one where you. Ten thousand hours. The kids 10, born because they're the youngest
3: there. on their. They're the oldest on their team, not the youngest. Yes. they get the most. Yeah, because yeah. they're January. So that means you got to be knocking boots in what April of the year. Yeah, because <laughs> so they're always
0: will... a year older than the kids around them. So they always all of a sudden are more developed. Yes, they'll get the most attention, most coaching, and so these guys and they're the biggest. For this. And they're the biggest. Here's what we do.
3: Every April, you order a case of Nation Vodka. Uh, <laughs> and by May, you have drank most of it and potentially pushed out the new Connor
0: McDavid. I was the November 30th birthday. So I was always playing against kids that are one to two years older than me. And they were ginormous. And I was a late bloomer. So like I'd be playing peewee, and I was 4'11", and there'd be some kids touching six foot. And you're like, holy shit, now we're hitting each other. Like, how am I going to survive in this? I like, remember when
3: I first, went, as I played like two years of hockey, and one was peewee and one was bantam.
0: <laughs> Boy, those kids were big when I showed up. <laughs>
3: holy <laughs> shit. One had a mustache and holy mackerel. There was a difference between contact and no uh. contact hockey. It was a difference between going to school at the Reman Center uh. or the bloody some other school.
1: But right. it helps with school and with sports. Yeah. Because like, you can be turning five when you're in kindergarten yeah. right so you can hold them and be you're a little one year junior in the adult.
3: smarts department he'll be coding before she will be coding before <laughs> yeah. kindergarten it's more the athletics and getting along with the other children back out the sprinter van well, it, no,
1: it works for sports it's actually perfect for sports yeah
3: all right, boys. Well, this was a good one. We didn't talk about anything on my list. No, actually, we talked about some things on my list.
1: We didn't do best and worst. We got best and worst. Best mm-hmm. and worst. No, just, we're, we're... Dan's doing the Oh, world. But, but, but does Chalmers
0: ago. have something that's grinding his gears? Oh, yeah. I want to hear that, too. Good call. Which one?
1: Yeah. The Mason Ray Parker? Did we talk about oh, the no, don't do we, aren't
0: are we doing a thing where you've got an awkward ex, uh, exchange with humanity that you share with everyone?
1: Oh, I don't have one of those. Th- uh... <laughs> no, I, don't one of those. I try to think of something that happened when i was out in public but i try to stay away from public all right well so- to keep
3: dan from shooting me with a crossbow which i see that he's arming we'll think about this next week boys we got a lot well off i've got season. a worse
0: the week i gotta get off my chest oh well, it's just fucking it really? burning a hole in my hit brain me, hit me hit me and you know i'm all about romance and people having you know relationships kids in january <laughs> kids in january and i'm talking about a kid who was born in january connor mcdavid his girlfriend again is posting on social media connor drinking you got to protect his brand, his image. Aren't you
3: talking about it, bringing more attention to it, making it work? Well,
0: I am, but I'm hopefully so this trickles down. Like, I get it. Like, and everyone gets it. You're his boyfriend. And post photos of him until the cows come home. But, like, toast and drinks and all that like I'm, I'm sure connor's even cringing when he's doing it he's just doing it to be keep her happy because he's just such a good salt of the earth human is
2: there any guy though that wants to be in those boomerangs or whatever with no, the no actually
0: he's not but, but he's just doing it to pay li- to, like i said because she wants it but like just <laughs> stop with compromising the image
2: yeah no. he's got stop it 100 million dollar kind of franchise he's got to take care of there
0: yeah he's flying a pj to to sudbury to go Lake copping with his with his brother and rockin' their... PJ, yeah, was Cam there, of course,
2: there? and as he should, was Cam there, Cam was there. See, Cam the needs best. to step up. Cam needs to step up and just be like, "Hey, this needs to stop."
0: Well, and, or Connor, I like, get Connor should too. So like, just like stop it, Lauren Kyle. Except Please. in April, get busy because now that I
2: realize that's when
3: Connor Junior <laughs> would pop out in January. Yeah,
2: proof of concept, babies in January. Connor McDavid. I'm gonna try so hard to have sex in April one year. Gonna try so hard, just
3: to
0: have so. There's such a long. I bet you, if you. I bet you. It's over 50 percent of uh, NHLers' birthday is January to end of March. I bet you. Oh, probably. I just don't want to do the the work. No, Mel- I mean, Mel- would. Malcolm Gladwell did there in that book, but was it the tipping point? I, I don't I, think I it's, it's not. It's not the tipping point. I remember it's the reading 10, it. Being like, hours one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one's that? That's Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, no, but, no, but that's not ten. It's not tipping point. Tipping point is it's, it's, talk about the hush puppies in Soho. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Which one is people it? People started seeing people wearing hush puppies and then all of a sudden everybody wore hush puppies.
3: Um, I remember because I remember when I read it I was like, oh damn. Yeah. Fuck. I'm talking about hockey in the book. I've got to Google this. Ah, well, that's all right. We'll see for next week, Dan. Don't you worry. We're wrapping this shit up. Thank you everybody for listening. I hope you have a non-sweat-filled day. Ghost ride. Ghost ride. Ghost ride.